Let's go. What's good, everyone? This is Binge Town TV, the podcast that covers your favorite binge-worthy television shows. My name is Tyler, and I'm going to be the host today for our special Emmy Outstanding Drama Podcast. Now, if you don't know who I am, it's because you shouldn't know who I am. I've never really been on a podcast with Binge Town before, except for a pitch town a couple months back, right? Oh, yeah. Great episode. Go back. It's Severance. And after that, you know, I kind of just wormed my way into the mix here. So Severance is going to come up later in this pod, but this is going to be a pod talking about the eight nominees for Outstanding Drama in the Emmys that are coming up this Sunday. I'm joined today uh, by my great co-hosts, Luke and Kathleen. You want to give a, give a little intro for your Emmy knowledge, both of you? So I'm pretty bad at award shows. I get a lot of my secondhand knowledge from seeing my mom watch all this like throughout my whole life. Um, I'm very excited to talk about this specific category because dramas are usually not our forte. We're usually fantasy, sci-fi, dumb CW shit like that. So I'm really excited because I've <laughs> seen a lot of the nominees for this um, award. And I know we're going to have a good conversation here. And Tyler, you're going to need to walk us through some of these shows because I'm definitely going blind for a couple of them, but a lot of good stuff here. Hell yeah. Kathleen? Uh, the Emmys are my Super Bowl. I'm obsessed. That's Every amazing. single year I would sit down and watch my little red carpet, little heart out, <laughs> little red carpet, huge red carpet. Um, <laughs> the year Shits Creek swept the Emmys. I was smashing tables and punching. <laughs> walls it was, was two years ago two years ago yeah it was definitely a covid one i remember watching it in my old apartment but yeah i love it and i've seen six of the eight of these shows um with some caveats so we'll get into that later mm -hmm. but i'm pumped this is this was a great idea um tyler was being a little shy he did a great pitch down ep episode if you haven't first of all if you haven't seen severance get your ass over to Apple TV, <laughs> but go listen to our uh, pilot app. It was good. And Tyler was a, is a natural podcaster. So. Love it. Love it. You make me blush. Well, look, <laughs> here's the thing, right? Everybody talks about the Oscars, but we're in a world where people don't watch the movies that are nominated for the Oscars anyway. And we're talking about TV nonstop on this podcast, a million different podcasts. So in my mind, the Emmys should be coming should be becoming more prominent given how much people are watching things. So on this podcast, I'm going to give everybody out there a quick, literally one liner synopsis on each eight shows. So you can have a little bit of insight into what is nominated. Like we mentioned, Luke and Kathleen haven't seen them all. I have, so I'll be able to, to, to lead us here, but then we're going to get into some categories to talk through the shows. And we'll cap it off with who we individually think should win. So are you guys ready for my, for the team money certified synopses for these eight shows? Absolutely. Drop it. Okay. At number one, we've got the final season of better call. Saul. this is the origin story of two people <laughs> wronged by those they trusted having to come to terms with the consequences of their loving, but ultimately toxic relationship. Starring Bob Odenkirk, Ray Seahorn, created by Peter Gold and Vince Gilligan. And you can find it on AMC Plus. And Netflix has everything up to season five, does not have the last season. So this is the squirreliest of the eight shows. Hard to watch, catch up with it. Mm -hmm. But for anybody out there that's a Breaking Bad fan, that was like, how are they going to spin Breaking Bad into a Better Call Saul Goodman show? Um, 
this show's been nominated for a reason. So that's going to get that gives away some of my thoughts when we get later into it. But there's our first nominee. It's a heavy hitter. We got Stranger Things season four. There's uh, some great Bingetown TV pods on Stranger Things. So catch up with that there. But for those of you that didn't know, this is a Super 8 style old school horror meets sci-fi in the town of Hawkins, where this season explores the origin story of one of our main characters and how it has led to the evil that they all face. Starring Millie Bobby Brown, created by the Duffer Brothers, and you can find it on Netflix. And I only I'm only given a couple actors or actresses yeah. credit for these shows. It's just too I'm long. I'm excited to hear who you pick for each one. <laughs> okay, we've got number three, Squid Game from Netflix. It examines the vast wealth inequity and decreasing compassion in human society through the extreme violent lens, while sometimes teaching us a few lessons along the way. <laughs> Starring Lee Jung Jae, created by Wang Dong Hyuk on Netflix. Number four, Euphoria season two, a hyper stylized story of modern day high schoolers focused on how trauma, anxiety, and heavy drug use surface with today's adolescents. Starring your girls and Daya, created by Sam Levinson on HBO Max. We're halfway there. <laughs> what are you guys thinking about these synopses? So I'm like, far? I want to jump in so bad on each one of these. My and... God. Well, we're giving this is just this is just the teaser. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm literally losing my mind at the fact that you sent us this picture of the eight nominees are going the craziest order I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, this life. was just this just came to me as I was writing it out. So no you know, there order. is no order here. <laughs> Number five, Ozark, the final season. The conclusion of a series that centers around an ordinary family push to do unordinary things to stay alive looks at how we live with the decisions we make and how power is gained in America. Did I mention the cartel gets involved as well? Starring Jason Bateman and Julia Garner, created by Bill Dubuque on Netflix. Severance. Go back and listen to the Pitchtown pod if you haven't. This is a sci-fi mystery that examines what is work-life balance and what is the best way to carry our pain with us. Starring Adam Scott, created by Dan Erickson, on Apple TV. Seven, we got Succession, a dark comedy that demonstrates even money can't buy you a functional family. Season three dives into the unraveling of the Roy clan as they attempt to make a deal with the devil, their father. Starring Jeremy Strong and Kieran Culkin, created by Jesse Armstrong, also on HBO Max. And then last, but certainly not least, is Yellow Jackets, the story of how a traumatic childhood incident can alter its survivors' lives in wildly different ways. Did I mention that this incident was a plane crash in the Canadian wilderness? Starring Melanie Huvinsky, <laughs> created by Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson, and this is on Showtime. Wow. So there, yeah. there's there's some synopses, just laying some breadcrumbs out there. So I'm going to kick it to Kathleen. Kathleen, you mentioned you'd seen a couple of these, hadn't seen a couple of them. Tell Tell us what you've seen and what you haven't. I feel passionate right now. Are we reserving our opinions, though, until we get more into it? Or we'll, we kind wait of for it? the categories. Okay. I just okay, want to okay, lay the groundwork okay. with what you two have okay. seen. Gotcha. All right. I'm going to give my funny little uh, what I've seen and what I've not. What I've seen full out is Yellow Jackets, Stranger Things, Severance, Euphoria. Now, I've only seen season three of Succession, which is psychotic. <laughs> but in my previous, Whoa. My previous podcast uh, was my favorite episode of 
And someone, a guest came on and chose the day before we were supposed to record. They chose the season two finale of Succession. So I could not catch up, but I had to record on the season two finale. That was the only thing that was out at the time. And I was like, you bitch. (laughs) But so I watched the pilot. I watched the season two finale and then I watched season three and I fucking loved it. Season two finale is just an absolute banger yeah it, it is and i i understand why she chose it but i'm gonna go back and watch ozark i didn't watch the final season yet and better call Saul, i just have not seen anything i watched a season and a half of breaking bad but i haven't seen it yeah so that's gonna that's gonna take a little while yeah that's a slow but rewarding grind sure luke what about you so to completion i've seen euphoria <laughs> to completion <laughs> <laughs> to completion, I stand by it. Euphoria, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, and then I've seen half of Ozark and half of Better Call Saul. Okay. I haven't seen a lick of Succession Perfect. or Yellow Jacket. So for any of you listeners out there that you're like, hey, I've seen some of these, not the others, we got people in it with you. I'm going to be the narrator here. So let's get into the categories. You dun dun dun. dun. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's start it off with you heard my synopses. Which show, and we're going to start with Luke here, which show that you have not yet seen sounds the most intriguing to you? So I'm really interested in the premise of Yellow Jacket. Kathleen has tried to pitch it to us in the past. Yes. And I mix it up all the time with the wilds. Hashtag save the wilds because <laughs> it sounds the like the same thing. Just plane I, crash. Just plane crash. Yeah. And insanity breaks out. This is the cannibal one, right? Yes. Yeah, huge alert. spoiler. We can cut that line. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. Look, this this has got to be a spoiler podcast. Sure. You know, let's not let's not hammer it home. But you figure out the people are eating Ten people in. in the in the first episode. Yeah, if yeah. I know it can't be too much of a spoiler. Yeah, you know, right. Um, I wouldn't but, spoil that if that was like a mic drop moment. I'm one of the people that would, I would say that I get turned off a little bit by the idea of shows on cable TV. And when you said Yellow Jacket Showtime, to me, that means usually nearly a blank check and really good production quality. No commercials, none of that. And it's just usually pretty streamlined, the 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 high, the bigger studios. So Yellow Jacket's my number one of what I haven't seen yet. That's what you're most intrigued by. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to, me and Kathleen will tag team and go into that. Kathleen, tell, tell Luke a little bit about Yellow Jackets. Oh my God. He's intrigued by it. So this is a mini pitch town. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yellow Jackets came at a perfect time. For me, it was when we were recording Dexter as well on Showtime. So like we had two banger shows in a row every Sunday night to watch. And and again, a week by week can't be undersold anymore. Like the the hype, the theories, the me Googling constantly all week theories to to read on. Yellow Jackets has a lot of a lot of big question marks and I love a coming of age. So it's like classic you see them when they're young you only see a few of them when they're older so you're not sure who survived this like plane crash and obviously everything that happens in a plane crash when you're in the wilderness and cannibalism and everything it the show sells itself also has a weird tinge of sci-fi-ness which is like can't tell whether or not it is sci-fi or not i wouldn't wouldn't call it a tinge there's some weird like sadistic shit happening yeah but that's to kathleen's point i think you know when I tell you, hey, here's a story of people that were in a plane crash 25 years ago and this is their life now, it honestly doesn't sound that you can probably come up with a couple of shows. You're like, oh, that sounds kind of similar. Sounds to like it. lost all of this. <laughs> yeah. So so the reason this show is is nominated is because it it is really more of a masterclass in the storytelling aspect of yes. it, to Kathleen's point. They do a great job of these characters 
are living kind of their current lives. They're all about 45 and it's just constantly flashing back. So you, as the viewer, it's a little bit of, it's like a drama, but it's all, it's a little bit of like this sci-fi mystery because it is that like not knowing. Mm -hmm. And throughout the series, throughout the first, you know, season, they are kind of dropping in every so episodes that people from this plane crash that you thought must've been dead are not necessarily dead. It does a really good job of walking this fine line of the unknown through the perspective of a few central characters mm-hmm. that are trying to keep their shit together, but they all are kind of three individuals that have been that have led wildly different lives since yeah. the plane crash. One of which, Melanie Linsky, who is the main character, is kind of a humdrum, you know, housewife. Okay. There's another woman who is running for state. She's running for Senate, I think, or in New Jersey. That's where they all are. And then the other one is a, you know, recovering drug addict in and out of rehab. So it's kind of like they give you these three people that have had these three wildly different outcomes from this traumatic event. Mm -hmm. And they just keep drawing back to it in and out of every episode. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty unique that way. My favorite thing is that when they're adults, they keep coming back to everyone. No one in the world knows what happened. Like it is well known that when they gave interviews, when they were rescued from their 19 months, like plane crash, they kept the same clean story. Like these people died. Mm -hmm. It was cold. We were hungry, blah, blah, blah. But it is like insanity. What actually happens, but like someone's going to rat and they're trying to keep it a secret. And people are like, people want to write, make movies about it, do all this stuff. So it is like such intrigue and they do it. So it's a showtime show and it's really well done. It's not like not to say the wilds isn't, but people compare the two. And I have actually seen the opposite where people are like, fuck the wild yellow jackets exist. Really? You know what I mean? I mean, the fact that you guys hinted at even even just like if it's in a mysterious way, not supposed to be concrete at all. If there is. Yeah, I feel like I've got you locked in with mystery. (laughs) I mean, that was already so. So (laughs) so there's so yellow jackets is Luke's most intriguing. Kathleen, what that you haven't seen sounds the most intriguing to you. So my only two were Better Call Saul or Squid Games, and I got to do game. Squid Tom Games. Tom sorry. Mistakes. I got to just tell you, uh, Luke has shit on Squid Games so much. I, I'll never watch that show. <laughs> I have seen 20 minutes dubbed, and I said, fuck that, like English dubbed. And I was like, no shot. I got to watch it. And then I never got around to like paying attention and reading the subtitles. Um, but Better Call Saul, when you read that explanation, I was like, that's you. Mm-hmm. No way. What's better? What? Better call Saul. You would love, but you know, better call Saul is part of a Breaking Bad universe that, like, you can't appreciate until you watch Breaking Bad. Okay, so fact, you can't, you shouldn't watch Better Call Saul until you watch. Breaking I'm not Bad. saying that it, that you wouldn't still enjoy it, but the whole idea is that these shows are kind of going. You know, they're they're raveled together, especially yeah. the longer you get in Better Call Saul. Similar to Yellow Jackets, funny enough, is like Better Call Saul is taking place in the majority, but before Breaking Bad takes place. So you know what happens to some of these characters. Sick. So it's but you don't know. But there's other characters that you don't know what happens to them. And that's kind of the you really do have to watch Breaking Bad first. Yeah. Now, you know, know point B for a lot of these characters, Mm. and some of them are some of the more iconic characters ever from from. Uh, Breaking Bad because at this point Breaking Bad is considered one of the best shows of all time mm-hmm. 
podcaster Jimmy, he yeah. considers it his number one show of all time. So the fact that there is like this huge fan base and following just adds to it. But one of the things that I, I see around the internet every once in a while, some people are even willing to say better call Saul is better than breaking bad. And probably not true. I don't know. I haven't finished it yet, but the fact that you can even say that and it not be a joke puts a lot of weight on better call Saul. Yeah. And everybody loves it's pretty. Yeah. It's yeah. It's pretty hard to believe that they came out with just another absolute banger exactly. off the, in the same universe. What's his name? Who's the man behind it all? Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan yeah. is the is the the big dog. So look, you mentioned Squid Game. This kind of segues into the next category, which is dun dun dun, most bingeable of these shows. Okay. So look, you've already hinted that Luke hates Squid Game. <laughs> so I'm going to come in hot with because I think when you look at these you're kind of eyeing the three Netflix shows as probably what's the most bingeable because that's what, how Netflix makes their money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make my case for squid game here as the most bingeable of these shows. Are you just being devil's advocate or is this what you would have chosen no matter what? I will say personally, I binge that this, I don't binge a lot. I'm like a one, I'm like one episode, put it down, pick it up type guy. Mm -hmm. I binge the shit out of squid game. Now, what I'm going to say is there's a couple of things about Squid Game that just make the, the viewer of today a little bit uncomfortable. A, you mentioned it, you know, do not watch the dub. Bozo did the dub. For any of you, I think you should leave fans out there. So this, <laughs> so this, you have to watch it with subtitles. So first off, nowadays, most people like to watch TV and fuck around on their phone the whole time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't do that. I'm a bit, I don't think you can do that with any of these shows, Agreed. by the way. Yeah. These shows are all too, there's too much going on in them. You got to put your fucking phone down, lock in. <laughs> so Squid Game demands your attention, which some people are just like, fuck that right off the bat. Um, but I think, I don't, I think the depth that it lacks compared to, you know, you're comparing it to shows that have multiple seasons in this eight. So it doesn't have some of the character development and depth that they have of the benefit of being longer shows. I just think that it does a really great job with pacing and leaving you as the viewer, just constantly wanting to watch the next episode. I don't disagree with anything you just said in terms of bingeability. I think I did the same thing. I think I watched it in like two, two or three days. So Luke, um, my, one of my favorite podcasts, last culture says does this thing called, I don't think so, honey. And they do one minute of ranting about something they're they hate or they're mad at. So we're going to give you one yeah. minute. Whoa, I like that. On yet, Squid right? Games. No, we're doing it. Ready? You got to say, I don't think so, honey. Squid Games. Yeah, and then yeah. you do we it for a minute. And then you I'll I'll, I'll give you 30 seconds, okay. 15 seconds left. Ready, set, go. So I hate Squid Games with a burning passion to the point where we were going to as a podcast do a comparison of Squid Game versus Alice in Borderland, Borderland, which is another Netflix original show. Very similar premise about Death Games, another um, dubbed, another subbed TV show. But anyway, in preparation for this, I wrote a fucking essay on why I hate Squid Game so freaking much. And part of it, I guess, is because of how viral the show went it became one of netflix's most viewed shows of all time and when i compare it to better shows especially alice in borderland because it's in the same exact genre they're not even comparable at all i totally seconds. get the capitalism take that it's built around but i also think it's meant for it's it the writing comes off as thinking it's smart but it's fair it's not it's not and i hate the organization that orchestrates the entire 
Squid Game, which is the backbone. Like, I'm always about the shady organizations of TV shows. And I that's a I, minute. Think I think it's awful. And I don't think so, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, Luke hitting it. I don't think so, honey. I will say you need to you need to worry on need to get a little bit more concise because yeah. I'm not hearing that argument. I don't know what Alice in Borderland is, but I ain't seen it on the Emmys. <laughs> now, now, when I talk about this bingeable thing, too, one of the one of the things that I, I wanted to pull your attention to is that some of these shows you think to yourself, oh, man, these are kind of the generic HBO, you know, up your own ass television shows. I want to name you name you guys the five last winners of this category. Yeah, let's do it. Because do you am I spo- is this a spoiler or do any of you guys know? Because I mm-hmm. think what the what the listeners need to know, too, is that this category is not just going to the slowest HBO drama. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it does. Yeah. But this category has been a lot of different things over the years. So last year, the winner of this category was The Crown on Netflix. Fuck yeah, I love The Crown. Didn't watch it. I'm not a uh, I don't. You know, not one of those people that loves watching old British stuff, but I heard it was good. It fucking slaps, right? (laughs) (laughs) Then before that, 20, going back to 2020, Succession. Yes. So the finale of season two got Succession on the map. Now, back to back winner in 2019, 2018, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Which if this podcast existed back in 2018, 2019, you guys would have been. Is that season seven, eight? So it's the. It's not the last season. No, that, that's no. What I was it's six and about. seven. Yeah, six, six and seven. seven. Okay. Six and seven. Not mm-hmm. the last season. And then the season before that, Handmaid's Tale. Another show you guys probably would have been covering. Of it. Yeah. yeah. So again, this it's not like this is just going to the show that smells its own shit the most. Mm-hmm. So yeah. bingeable to me is something that matters because Squid Game, to, to Luke's point, the thing that's so interesting about it is the timing in which it came out during the pandemic. It had a huge following mm-hmm. and be, and it's and it came off the back of parasite winning the oscar mm-hmm. which is another korean drama movie so i think you know the viewership on netflix is more tied to the global appeal of the show obviously yeah. but i do think um i i don't think you can sell it short on the overarching idea of the show that's just my take for sure. And the last thing I'll say on Squid Game, I won't I won't harp too much on it. It's just that I thought a lot of the character decisions and the writing about it, it maybe it's a maybe it's the language barrier and how sub because how the subtitles are written determine a lot. Like we're saying, this is one of the worst dubbed shows of all time in terms of like when people listen to it in English and yeah. watch it, they have different experiences. Mm-hmm. So that could be a reason why I don't like some of the writing choices and maybe it falls apart, but I don't know, man. I don't I don't understand how this show really became that popular, especially because the whole premise of it is the death games and a lot of the death games. I'm not going to get into it more. Whatever. I mean, to I me, and you were like globally, the OA should be globally uh, uh, loved. And, and you know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes shows that don't necessarily have the best writing or the best is blow the fuck up. Yes, it was very memeable and like it was everywhere, like in terms of just oh, yeah. Internet culture. So that was a huge part of it, too. And, uh, you know, yeah, we're going to get a second season. So we'll, well see. Well, well, Kathleen hit us with, you know. Well, wait, I hit us with Squid Game for bingeable. Yeah. What are you what are you thinking? So this can be what you've seen or not seen. So I'm going to say, uh, first of all, shout out to some of these one season shows making it on best drama, right? Severance, Squid Game, Yellow Jackets. That's fucking sick. 
Um, sure. Most bingeable, I think I'm going to have to give it to Severance. Whoa. I was really in between Severance and Stranger Things. So I originally, we did the pilot and I was waiting for Alex because we watched the pilot together, my girlfriend. And I was like, we have to watch episode two. We had to watch episode two. We, sh- we couldn't get it together to watch it. The second I watched episode two, maybe the two weeks later, I was it. done by the next morning. <laughs> I was like, this is the like the it's both a slow burn and insanely intriguing. Usually a slow burn makes me go, oh, it was worth it in the end. No, no, no. This whole show had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. And then still somehow slow burn into like the most punchable the wall finale of my life i could have ran 18 million miles during the season that season finale so i'm gonna give it to severance stranger oh things God. was a close second but i'm tear, giving it to tear in my eye yeah, Luke, yeah. so Luke, Luke, I, take us home looking at this list severance is the one i watched the quickest so i guess technically i agree with you yeah the thing that i kind of disagree with is it depends on who severance is a show that i'd be a little nervous recommending to someone that isn't like a an avid TV watcher, like, an intellectual. I I, yeah, a little bit. Like, okay, let's use my sister as an example. Which one? Allie. I don't necessarily know that she would binge it all after watching one episode. For the listeners, the can you give us Allie's favorite show so we have a little bit of? She actually just finished Better Call Saul, or she is. I think she's as caught up as you can be, which it's all out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I th- I'm pretty sure she, oh, so she, so she likes quality. Television. Yeah. She, yes, likes quality yes. TV, she yeah. gets pulled in by her boyfriend to watch all of those shows. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't know. Once you get your caveat saved, what like the whole argument for me, once you get to episode two and you can start moving through episode two, it's over. You yeah. drop it down. You're never looking back. But my answer to this question would be stranger things. While I didn't watch it the quick in the quickest span, once I committed to watching the whole series, Four seasons, a yeah. lot of television, especially well, we, we with all, well, four. we all work, so you can't watch a two hour, like a million two hour episodes. <laughs> yeah. That was my only problem with Str- I thought this was yeah. the best season of Stranger Things. Yeah. I listened to your your, your uh, pod on it, and I agreed with a lot of what you said. The biggest thing for me is me and my wife sat down because that's this is one of the shows we watch together, and you know you click play and it's like. You go to pause it to take the dog out or something. I'm like, there's still an hour and a half left <laughs> this movies, fucking episode. Man. Like, holy shit. It, it is a long. I'm like, oh, only seven episodes. Oh, no, it's it's getting in. It's getting in. It's 10 hours. It's and doing you, something. Even with you. that said. Yeah. Like you can see how it. this is also like Squid Game where it takes over the world. But it's more um, it's more perpetual, I guess, because it's been for four seasons. I don't even know if that's the right word, but like. It, no, it has, yeah, it's like a yeah. The boulders carrying steam now. Exactly, and season four, every episode is almost a movie. So that is that that kind of contradicts bingeable, but in terms of pacing and just surface level cool CGI and good acting and good writing, I think Stranger Things is my pick. That's a good pick. I like that. Well, look, the next category is going to be what are you most skeptical skeptical of that you haven't seen? Luke already hit us with his one minute snoozer mm-hmm. on Squid Game. <laughs> Kathleen, what are you most skeptical of? What so, are you afraid of? Or what am I afraid of? Um, I'm actually not skeptical. Squid Game, take Squid Game out because I don't know. You can talk about, about a show you've seen. You're like, exactly. maybe you're like, oh. so I'm going to I'm going to do skeptical about Ozark. So I watched three seasons of Ozark. I binged it. I didn't really enjoy the binge. I was waiting and waiting and waiting to get to the hype that people were talking about. So I binged it maybe a week or two or three after season three came out. So people binge it real quick. I'm seeing tweets are like, 
this is the best season of TV I've ever seen. And man, when I finished that season three finale, I was like, well, I am disappointed. I just like it's a good show and I can say it's a good show and I like it. I don't love it. I think it's pretty like it's it's visibly dark. It's like a lot of the same tone a lot. There's obviously some like wow moments of like deaths or this or that. But it doesn't really do much for me. Again, I get why people like it. I did not see this last season. I would like you, since you've seen the last season, to to maybe tell me which way it goes. Quick question, though. How do you feel just about the main character? Like Jason like Bateman? No. And like him as yeah, a Jason character. Bateman. Yeah. He's good. And But my thing about Jason Bateman is sometimes I can't pull him out of his, like... Um, arrested development. Arrested days. development, yeah. like, deadpan kind of goofy humor. Mm-hmm. And... But other, no, I like it. I like the female characters in it a lot, especially Julia Garner. I watched her dumb show on Netflix because of her, um, the like inventing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I will say again, Ozark. It's funny because Ozark for me is a show that I've been watching. You know, everybody, a lot of people have said, oh, it didn't really grab me. The first episode has like people flying out of windows and getting shot that I was like, holy shit, I'm roped in on episode one. I really enjoyed Ozark and, um, you know, I'm sad to see it go, but I Ozark is kind of the modern day Breaking Bad, like iteration. These types of shows have a shelf life, right? You Mm -hmm. can't you can't twist the the twist the family around for like seven seasons. Yeah. So what I'll say about the show is I think the writing of it is solid. I think the acting is in my opinion, what pulls it together. Yeah. Julia Garner is incredible in this last season. She is up for an Emmy for supporting actress. She's and most of these shows have actors that are going to be that are nominated for other things, but she is incredible. And it is kind of Jason Bateman is a little bit hit or miss. I buy it because his character in the show is very like it's it's not like he's this super serious guy because it'd be tough to take Jason Bateman that way. They really did a good job of like casting him in it as like an expert accountant. So he's kind of just like a smart guy. Yeah. He's yeah. still his like sarcastic self. Yeah. He's so very, you can like, buy it. Yeah. Ozark, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm a little bit, you know, the ending of it, I will say um, mixed reviews. Okay. If you just Google Ozark finale, the things you're going to see are like, why the fuck did it end this way <laughs> like this and or like somebody defending it, which like you kind of want to see the ending of a show, which like better call Saul. If you read if you Google that, it'll just be people like applauding it. Right? Yeah. So that's where I think it's fair with skeptical. And I'll say for myself, just real quick um, on the skeptical side, the last one of these shows I was just telling these two before the pod that I actually watched was Euphoria, yeah. which I was most skeptical of. I think the show is really interesting and I really appreciate the cinematography and just how flashy it is. It's just, you know, I watched the first season during the pandemic. It didn't really grab me to be like, whoa, I really need to get involved with this. And to be honest, when I saw the Emmys and it was the only show I didn't see, I was like, it's eight episodes. I'm just going to hammer it. Um, And I really enjoyed the second season. So that's an example of you can be skeptical, Kathleen, but yeah. sometimes it's going to be true. We're going to be we're going to be feeling good. Yeah. And I think that is the euphoria of it all, like the cinematography, the way they shoot it, the directing this and that. Also, the hype that season two got week by week was out of control. It broke Twitter like every Sunday yeah. watching those 
like it's not really a spoiler, but they put on a play at the end and my mouth was on the floor. Yeah, Ma- for- Maud Apatow, yes. Judd Apatow's daughter. Star. Is- Nepotism at its finest. Nepotism, <laughs> privilege, whatever you want to call it. She's still great. She's and amazing. Sydney Sweeney took over the world now because of this. Like, mm-hmm. I think she's everywhere. She's in Marvel next. Uh, like she's everywhere. she's in Marvel. She's going to be Madam Spider or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a big Marvel character. Oh, oh. White Maybe Lotus. She was good in White Lotus as well. I think she was nominated for White Lotus, wasn't she? I think I think she is. Yeah, I don't know that she should have got nominated for White Lotus. I think she should have got nominated for. I'm pretty sure she's actually nominated for Euphoria. Okay, good because her and Euphoria they put her through some shit on Euphoria. Yeah, she. Sam Levinson is a creep, but whatever. Yeah. Well, look, we're coming to the end of our categories. We got one more category, and then we got to pick who we think is going to be the winner. We talked through a lot of these shows, so. You both mentioned you've seen certain you've seen shows on here. Give me a memorable scene or part of one of the shows that you that you've seen. And we'll go, we'll start with you, Luke. So I'm gonna do a, a cheap one here and a and a legit one. Um, because my cheap one here is gonna be for Stranger Things 4. And without getting into any spoilers, get into get into some spoilers. Dude. Yeah. If you're if you're listening Which to this one? and you haven't seen it, like what, Eddie, what are we talking about? The Eddie yes. guitar solo yeah. on, in the upside down is one of the coolest, most iconic moments that I've seen over the last this whole 2022. Just that scene, the epic music. He actually played it in real life and just the, the red lightning in the background, all of it was so fucking cool. And if you if you just Twitter search Stranger Things, that's one of the things that's going to pop up. Eddie take, took over the world, too, because of this uh, new Stranger Things season. But another thing that I absolutely loved, um, this is probably going to be unconventional and pretty niche if you haven't seen Severance. But I love everything to do with Innie Helly. She's like one yeah. of my favorite um, storylines and the way she tries to interact with her outer self like with the uh <laughs> just the things that she's doing to interact she'll with go to great she, length yes. to try, and, try and interact with her outie self. and her yeah. ending storyline of season one blew my mind like jaw on the floor and that's why severance is like one of my favorite shows i've watched in the last year um definitely. but yeah definitely those two moments Kathleen, what about you? Um, I was actually going to say a Stranger Things moment as well. Uh, this season, it was like such a breath of fresh air. It's been so long since the last season of Stranger Things, and I almost forgot how much I adore the show. Mm-hmm. I've been a fan for so long. I think that like the phenomenon that was running up that hill oh, yes. in this season was something like so special and to bring back this song that was already iconic back in the day and revive it. And now Kate Bush is just like absolutely raking it in. I'm so happy for her, but they really did, did something. I read an, I saw a headline and click it because I was like at work or something, but it was like the, whoever was, was gunning for that song to be in it. It took two years to get the rights to that song. I think every day she was clawing tooth and nail for that song was worth it because it rocked everybody. It it's, rocked everybody. It is the first week of September, and I listened to that song today in my office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> everybody shazam that. That's like that doesn't that doesn't know her. Like, what's this new song? Yeah, running what up is, that well, hill? yeah, what is this running up that hill song? Still um, slaps. It's yeah, the nostalgia of Stranger Things and the the thoughtfulness they take and like what Max would have been listening in back in the day and mm-hmm. what was popular and stuff. I think I think Stranger Things fucks like I really do. I really do. But my to give a second, since you was also a severance moment and it was like an experience, I 
uh, often watch TV at the gym, just like walk on an incline and put put my phone on and walk. That was the quickest walk I've ever done in my life. I was like, I, w- I was like, felt like I was sprinting and I felt so good after I was like, I wish that episode was 10 hours long. I would have just worked out for fucking 10 hours straight on that treadmill. <laughs> I just thought it was like a perfect finale. And you know what? No, I'll get into it on the next one. But what, right, do, what do you so think? Sever- so you? Severance and Stranger Things 4 for you. So I'm going to throw out a couple of different things here because I like some things from each of the shows. But okay, Yellow Jackets. I'm just going to hit you with the opening, the the opening credit song. Most of these shows nowadays, you just want like the tagline of the show, like the opening credits to be like one second long, like Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's just like, boom, there it is. Breaking Bad. This show has like more of a traditional opening credits. I love the song. I love that. You just have to watch one episode. Sure. You're just like, wow, man, I fucking love that opening credits on Yellow Jackets. (laughs) And then we'll. I'm just going to say on to severance. Um, she's alive. And then I'm going to move on to <laughs> better call Saul. And I'm going to say for anybody that has seen better call Saul, there's a scene in the next last episode with Ray Seahorn, who plays Kim Wexler, one of the main characters where it's in black and white. She is on a bus back to the, uh, to the airport. And she just like breaks down crying. And it's literally like one of the best acted, probably the best acted scene of crying that I've ever seen. Wow. And it's very memorable. And it, you know, hopefully just secured her an Emmy as well. So that's good. That's a, those are some memorable moments for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And now it winds us all down to the prediction of who is going to be the winner. Now, let me jump in here. So the Emmy is chosen. So so every award is different, right? Every award show is different. The Emmy is chosen by your peers. So there's like 20,000 Academy members. You have to be like nominated by two other Academy Academy members in order to be an Academy member. It's like whatever. So even I was listening to that same podcast I mentioned earlier, and they both vote. So it's Bowen Yang, who's an SNL uh, per- oh, someone yeah, on SNL. Bowen, yeah. yeah, exactly. He's and then, nominated, actually. Well, he is. And then how Matt- does he get a fucking vote? <laughs> and then Matt Rogers, who is a um, just like he's in I Love That for You on Showtime and some different um, acting things. But um, they really? both got to vote. So they were like talking about it and they were like, well, I voted for he's like, I voted for you, Bo. And they're fucking best friends, of course. But it's funny because he gets to vote. You know what I mean? Are so you, are you like, do they make sure that you've seen it all or you can just vote? I, I mean, these are just your peers. So it's like you could just vote, I guess. I don't know. But the difference is when you've got that high a number of voters, I mean, you're going to see some in every area. But I would imagine that like like anything else, the cream usually rises to the crop. Yeah. But to Kathleen's point, you know, some of these shows, the difference with, between shows and movies is like Game of Thrones got caught so much steam that yeah. all of a sudden it was like this show is going to fucking win the mm-hmm. Emmy. And that's what's interesting because it's always trying to debate between what's the best show and what's like more of the achievement that one of the shows did. Yeah, yes, it's interesting. Sure. Yeah, it's very. Interesting. And that's where, you know, as much as I love something like Severance, you're going up against shows that have yep. literally it's like it's like if they're a college football player, like I've got like. 50 more hours of tape on better call Saul than I've got on severance. I don't know if that was just this one good game or this is their actual. So that's kind of what we have to keep in mind when we pick a winner, but this category I'll also say is consistently changing because 
up until a couple of years ago, there weren't, you know, streaming shows that were even nominated. Yeah. And now the crown won last year, which was a big one. You I mean, every made sale streaming on Hulu, literally of the of these eight shows, you know, we've got Stranger Things, Squid Game, Severance, Ozark. We've got Ozark. These are shows that just release the final season. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're week to week. So this this award is changing a lot. Yeah, I want to say that I think Severance is going to win. I will not make that my guess. I can't put that on the board. But my heart of hearts, man, that is the one that deserves it. It deserves way more coverage and popularity. And by the time season two comes out and if it hits, I think we're going to start building towards that. Because I think you told me that um, Ben Stiller has or maybe it's not him specifically, but the, the writing staff had yeah, the they've, whole thing. They've got, out. they've got the arc figured out. So, so if they have the five seasons. I'm thinking are usually around season two, like even game of Thrones itself didn't get too much popularity after one season it took a little bit. Yeah. And this show is top of the top when it comes to writing and intrigue and mystery and all of that. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe so that's the sentimental two. favorite, but what, sentimental. what's your pick Luke? My pick, put is, it on the board. My pick is better call Saul. Because I think this is the GOAT universe for most people. I kind of went into it earlier. Like, if it's even in the same breath as Breaking Bad, that's crazy to me because I haven't seen the ending and I wouldn't say that for myself. I think it'll win it. I think everybody loves at least Breaking Bad that it's going to have enough popularity and I see it all over the internet. Like, I'm picking Better Call Saul. So my sentimental favorite is I was going to say severance, but I will say yellow jackets. I fucking love yellow jackets. I'll put it on my back. I'll carry I'll climb a fucking mountain. I love yellow jackets love love a female centric drama. It's the best. But I also was going to say Better Call Saul is going to win. it. It's funny because neither of us have seen it. You haven't seen an ounce. No, I've seen multiple seasons. Oh, okay. You've seen multiple seasons. I've never seen an ounce. You know, Bob Odenkirk has won the Emmy for this show before as well, and or maybe other awards. I'm not sure if it's specifically the Emmy, but I think people really adore the show and it's the last season. I think people will vote for that. Um, mm-hmm. But to be different, I will say Succession. Um, Succession, I, again, I only saw two episodes between before diving into three. It's so good. It's so <laughs> it is good. And we haven't really talked much about Succession. Succession it, is definitely like the last <laughs> kid picked in the dodgeball game right now. It's we've been. Good. We, it is very good. It um, turns out to be the best thrower. And that's an acting <laughs> show. It's all about little looks, little daggers of looks and maniacal people and evil fucking people. They're just like. Oh, my God. These entitled brats on this show. It's excellent. It's such good television. Yeah. I mean, the the strength of Succession is the writing of Succession, right? Like, you know, it it is all within the writing and the acting of the show. I think what what plays against Succession is that while I think season three was very good and deserving of being nominated here, it is not as good as season two. Mm. And again, you're talking about voter psyche. Yeah. And you're kind of it's like again i keep going back to sports but like if Giannis wins the mvp in the nba even if he's great the next year he has to be better than that to yeah. get the mvp again it's like the and, lebron effect yeah and that's kind of what's up with in my mind with succession season sure. 2 was so good it wins this category 2 years ago and then season 3 while great does not match up sure season 2 i haven't seen it so i only say know season it. better call Saul. say it well look Better calls. I mean, 
if you're you know reading Twitter, or whatever, it's better call Saul is probably going to win. And if I had to put my money on it, I'm going to say it. Now, for somebody that has seen the whole show, I think it's deserving. I think it is. I think the finale um, and this show kind of broke up its final two seasons, similarly to what Breaking Bad did, where it had too many, you know, two seven episode seasons, like in only a couple months apart. So I think it's getting judged for all of that 14 episodes. And the final 14 episodes of this show are a masterpiece. It is really well done. And I do think, you know, Bob Odenkirk and Ray Seahorner are also probably the favorites to win, you know, best uh, actor and, and supporting actress. But the other one that I will, again, I know Luke's hating on it. I think Squid Game Damn. has an outside chance because I, lo- I, I love the story. I mean, it is the whole like, we just saw it with Parasite in the in the Oscars, whether this type of, you know, more violent take on the pitfalls of wealth inequality hit for you. It's kind of person to person, you know, but if it does hit for you, which I think the majority of liberal people that are in acting, it does hit for um, this show hits the nail on the head and it had that cultural phenomenon behind yeah. it. So and it's got a season two coming, which is like super super hyped and invested in by net by netflix understandably so so i would not be surprised if that also snaked better wasn't one of the parasite actors in squid game or i might be making that up there is a very famous actor that's in Squid game that's a side cat he's the guy that that plays the game with the main character in the first episode someone very famous but i don't remember what else he's in but side note that's our so so we've got better call saul with a clean sweep but then we've got Severance for for Luke and Kathleen as our as the sentimental <laughs> and Squid Games with the you know if you're going into your sports book app <laughs> and you're throwing down some action look at the Squid Games odds and if it's if you're feeling good it's it's it might you know might make it more of an enjoyable watch for you and all I'm saying is that if the boys caught the the cutoff to be able to be in this show I think they would have won. I think they could have won. The boys, yeah. the boys was a really good season. Three. It'll be next year. Have they right? ever been nominated, the boys, in this category? I don't think so. I watch every year. I don't think I've seen the. Am boys I making it up though that they missed the deadline to get nominated? That's what someone for said. Emmy, yeah, Emmys mm-hmm. by like a week or two, so they will be in next year's slate. Which by that point, it's so old. Like voters probably yeah, aren't thinking the same thing. I don't you know would if that think, plays like, into it. Yeah, I guess well, Yellow look, Jackets is kind of we're old. and the thing that's great about this and. You know, hopefully we'll see where this goes in the future. But we're talking about the most outstanding drama mm-hmm. award. There is all the individual actors awards, which are intriguing. They they kind of separate the awards into some more archaic like categories. So we've got like best short comedy, like Barry, which is one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. I would put it up there in drama, but apparently it's in this mm-hmm. other category that yeah. it can win. You could have a pot. You could have 17 podcasts. For I all know, the different right? Things in the Emmy. Yeah. So. I appreciate you two uh, humoring me here. This is the best. And if nothing else, I think any viewer that's listened this long knows that there's going to be just a groundswelling of week-to-week severance coverage. Yeah, up. absolutely. When season two gets announced, boy, are we doing a recap Get podcast. used to Tyler's voice. <laughs> <laughs> the theories, it's funny because you guys watch all these shows more. So even when we were talking about the first episode and that was all you had seen, 
you were all throwing out theories and I was like, fuck, these guys are good. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, the, my mind doesn't work that way. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about it and facilitate that conversation after I've seen it. Cool. Well, thanks everyone. And again, if you haven't liked, subscribed, YouTube, all this stuff, Town TV. There's some big time sponsors that I'm in conversation with right now. Don't want to. I don't want to give anything. Don't away. mess up the deal. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Love y'all. She's alive. She's alive. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.